your loving kindness. We thank you for your peace. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace. Lord Jesus, we thank you that there is no one else like you. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and we adore you and we bless your name, Lord God, because you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the conquering Lamb of Judah, who reigns now and forevermore. Lord, we come, Lord God, and we thank you for your goodness, for your mercies, for your grace, for help, for strength, for your for your daily, 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 daily mercies that are new every morning. And Lord God, you are indeed great. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, we choose to worship you. We choose to lift you up. We choose to magnify your name. We call for you, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, to, to prepare our hearts to be in a place, Lord God, that we will worship you. We will come, Lord God, to an audience of one. You alone, Lord, deserve the glory. You alone, Lord, deserve the praise. You alone, Lord God, all honor, all praise. All glory belongs to you, Lord, and we bow before your throne. Even now, Father God, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for, for waking us this morning, Lord God, with soundness of mind, for help, for strength, that we're able to move. Lord God, we thank you that in you we live and have our being. Father God, thank you, Lord, that there is no one else like you. Thank you, Lord God, that we have the strength to even open our mouths this morning and give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are merciful and that you are good. And there is no other God like you. No Krishna, no nothing, no Buddha, no one compares to you, Lord. You alone are God. There is no other God but you, Lord. And so we come before you, Lord God, with thanksgiving, with praise, with honor, Lord God. We worship at your feet this morning. We choose to worship you, Lord. Everything that has bread, praise the Lord this morning. Let us praise the Lord. Let us come into your presence with thanksgiving. Lord, change our hearts today. Remove our hearts from the circumstances. We come and we come to you, Lord, at the foot of the cross. And we lay them down before you. And we recognize that you alone are God. And you alone are worthy to the praise. And therefore, you alone can change our circumstances. You alone. And even if you don't, Lord God, you are still God. You are still the King of Kings. You are still the Lord of Lords. And so we come before you, Lord, grateful to have an opportunity to give you praise. Grateful to have an opportunity to worship you. And so we bow down this morning and we say have your own way in our hearts have fr freedom and liberty in this place to worship you in spirit and in truth Lord God let us worship you from our very beings from the very crown of our head to the very foot for our very toe Lord Jesus everything in our body Lord God will worship you this morning Lord God we thank you we thank you Lord God that you are the only true and living God and we praise you this morning. We exalt your name. We lift you up. Rose of Sharon, Lord, bright and morning star, most high God, we give you praise. There is no one else like you, Lord. No one come, to come, come before you, Lord. And so we bow before you this morning and say, Lord, you are the only true and living God. 
and we come to worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So let us come into his presence and magnify his name. Let us come into his presence. We welcome everyone this morning that is listening to us, that is here, that is here with us this morning. And Lord, we thank you for every person, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that they will, after this, this time with us, that they will never be the same. Lord, let them not come and not be changed. Your, your hand has no limitation. Your hand have no limitation in this world. So therefore, Lord, I pray, Almighty God, that you go in every room, every crevice, every corner, wherever they are right now, Father God, and touch, Lord, and heal, and, and bring freedom, and removal of change, and bondages, oh God. Lord, we welcome you into this place, and welcome you into our lives, that it may bring change. So welcome everybody and let's go into the presence of the Lord with sacrifice of grace. If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. Be 
to you, Lord, and we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, because in the words of the psalm, it's not in trying, but in trusting. It's not in running, but in resting. It is not in wandering, but in praying, where we find the strength of the Lord. Oh, this must be true in our life today, Lord. How we pray, O oh God, that indeed, Father God, we will follow this way, Lord, that we will stop wondering what will happen and pray. Yes, that we will just trust you and rest in you, recognizing that there is nowhere else to go. There is nothing else to do. We are not gods. We cannot change anything. We cannot determine stuff. So, Lord, when we come to a place of trusting you and trusting you to walk in the right way, asking you to lead us, Lord, asking you to direct us, to guide us, and be at a place of humility to follow your way and not our way. Give us the grace, Lord, to be obedient and to love you more. 
Lord, cause us to worship every minute, every second, every hour of the day. So we rest in you, Lord, and we believe in you, and we thank you for what you are doing, for what you continue to do in our lives and trust. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we come this morning, again, welcome everyone. It is time for giving unto the Lord what is owed unto him. There are tithes and our offering. And as the psalm says, everything in the earth belongs to the Lord. So we are not giving God anything. We are just removing the devourer from our circumstances and our situation. So Lord, if this, this scripture, the scripture of Malachi 3, um, where it says to you that, Lord, let me paraphrase it quickly. In, in, in time that it says to you where have we robbed you Lord the Lord uh, we ask the Lord where have we robbed you and the Lord says unto us we have robbed you have robbed me in your tithes and offering so we are coming to give a portion of our offering back in the, the Old Testament it was our tithes and offering was 10% Tithes was 10% and the offering was whatever else you choose to give unto the Lord. And so now we come and we ask to give tithes and offering. Um, pretty soon we'll be online with our PayPal account. So if you choose to give your tithes or offering to us, yes. If you have a home church, however... The tithe does not belong to us. The, the tithe belongs to your home church where you are being fed. However, if you are being fed here, tithes, you may um, contribute at your will. For the furtherance of the kingdom of the Lord. The PayPal account is the New Horizon Mail. New Horizon Mail at Gmail. Min Ministry at Min M I N at Gmail.com. Sovereign Lord, from birth I have relied on you, 
And every day I lift you up more and more By myself I don't know what to do I will go where you want me to go I will do what you made me to do I will say what you want me to say I will live dedicated Giving you the highest praise for you have been my hope, O oh Sovereign Lord. From birth I have relied on you. And every day I lift you up more and more. By myself I don't know what to do. I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you made me to do. I will say what you want me to say. I will live dedicated to give the highest praise. We will live dedicated to give you the highest praise. We will live dedicated to give you the highest praise. So we thank you for these tithes and this offering, Lord. We offer it back to you. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that we had an opportunity to give. Lord, we could have not had a job. We could have not been able to be here today. We could have been at home sick. We could have, so many things could have happened. But Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that we're able to travel on the road and there are no accidents and no incidents, Lord God. To this, we are grateful. Lord, we don't take it for granted that we come out and we go in and we travel every day and there is no accident. Lord, I'm coming to you, thanking you, Lord, that we are well and of sound mind and, and everything, Father God, about us, Lord, is well. Thank you for the edge of protection around us. So, Lord, we offer back ourselves unto you with our arms, our tithes, our offering, and say, Father God, do your will according to your purpose. Lord God, how we pray, Almighty God, that this will be used for the furtherance of your kingdom, to win souls unto you, Lord, to, to help others, to heal the brokenhearted. Father God, Lord, to bind up their wounds, to reach out to the, the widow, to the fatherless, O oh God, to the orphans. How we pray, Lord God, that this ministry, Father God, will expand to the broken, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. So we welcome Sister Abba, <laughs> and we're good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm not contemplating if I'm going to rejoice. I'm willing myself to rejoice today because it's a day that God has made. And he commands us to rejoice. Not because everything is the way we want it to be. But because it's a day that he has made and has given us life. Amen. And if we stop to look at our situations and our life circumstances, we are far better off than some. Because some this morning are not in a position to be giving the Lord praise. Some are, they are not there in their body. They are not there emotionally. They are not there in their spirit. And this morning we can stand and testify of the goodness of God. And because of that we can give him thanks. 
So today, the, the scripture that I want to look at is Luke 2, from verse 22 to 40. But before I read, I just want to just ask the Holy Spirit to come and to be the one who brings the word this morning. So Father, I thank you that we know that you are here. We thank you, Father God, that you desire to speak to us today. You desire to speak through me today. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that we are here listening and attentive to your voice. And so, Lord, I pray that you will increase this morning. As we decrease and allow the Spirit of the living God to minister to us where we are. Lord, our hearts are your hearts. May them be pliable before you. Our ears are attentive to your voice. May we hear your voice with clarity. Father, we are here this morning because we know that you have a word for us. It's a word that comes to encourage us, a word that is for today, a word for this season, for this hour of our lives. And we thank you today, God, that when you speak, we will hear. So, Father, we ask you to speak. Speak, Jesus. Speak, Holy Spirit. Speak this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said earlier, we're going to be looking at Luke 2, from verse 22 to 40. But before we begin, we also want to recognize that today is the beginning of our Advent season. Advent is a four-week season, four-week, four Sundays for four weeks, where we stop and remember what God did through Jesus. The incarnate one came life and because of that we got the good news and so we are celebrating that God came from heaven he came into human body and he came to dwell with us the Emmanuel came to dwell with us he's here today to dwell with us the theme for the Advent season there are hope faith joy and peace and this week we'll be looking at hope Next week, we'll have Sister Anne-Marie speaking to us from the place of faith. And so we prepare our hearts this morning to just to hear what the Lord is saying. What does hope mean? Because the Messiah comes. Because the Messiah came. What does hope mean for us? When I looked in the Oxford Dictionary, hope is the feeling of expectation. It's the desire for a particular thing to happen. And so I ask you the question this morning. What are you hoping for? What are you anticipating to happen at the end of this season? The end of this hour that we're spending together? What are your expectations? What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from yourself? Because we all have hope. Hope is the expectation that we have that something is going to happen. When we look at the scripture, Luke 2, 22 to, to, to 40, we recognize that in, in general, Luke 2 is a biblical account of the birth of Jesus. It focuses on the Christ-centered child. Christ Jesus came in body form, as a babe, as a child. And he came, according to Isaiah, promised that the Messiah would come. The angels recorded, it was recorded that the angels announced the birth of the Savior to the shepherds. They appeared to the shepherds after the infant was born, and they said to him, Behold, the Christ-like child is born. Behold, the child Emmanuel is born. Behold, the one, the Savior of the world is here. Behold, I come to bring good news to you. The Savior. Today in the town of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, is born. 
And then he said, you will find him wrapped in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And so the angels announced that the, the Christ child is born. But we also recognize from chapter, from verse 22, that when, G 21, I'm sorry, that when Jesus was born, he fulfilled the first ceremony by Mary presenting him for circumcision. And he was circumcised eight days after his birth. That was the first fulfillment. Every male child at the age eight days old was required to be circumcised. And what that did, it, it meant that, God, that they were saying to God, I am setting apart my son. I am dedicating my son to you. It was a mark of identity. It was a mark of saying that this child is the chosen one. And if you go back to Exodus and you read, you see that the same thing God asked Moses. That when the child is born, they are circumcised, a cutting away of the foreskin, which we looked at last week and the week before. A removing of the foreskin that says, this child is marked for God. Next we saw that, in, that the child was presented to the temple. So in verse 22 we see, when, when the time of purification rites required by the law of Moses Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. 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 So we see that at the time... When Jesus saw, so first we notice he was, he was circumcised in verse 21, but in verse 22, he was now taken to the temple by his parents to be presented to the Lord. It was the second fulfillment according to Exodus 13 verse 2. Every firstborn Israelite male and every first offspring of the womb must be set apart unto God. And we, if we remember when God was going to destroy Egypt and, and, and set the Israelites free, he said to them, mark the doorposts. And at the doorposts they marked that was the Israelite home, the, the death angel passed over. But as he passed over, what was significant is that every firstborn male the first child to come from the womb, the first male to come from the womb, whether that be a cattle or a, or a human being was dedicated and was saved. But for the Egyptians, every firstborn male, whether cattle or human died, the death angels strike them and they died. And so in doing this, Mary, was, Mary and Joseph was offering back to God this child that was set apart unto him. This was the redemption of the firstborn. That was spared by God and belonged to him. The third requirement we saw is that the purification of Mary. After giving birth, a woman was considered ceremonially unclean. If it was for a male child, she was ceremonially unclean for seven days. And then 33 days later, she would go and present herself because she would then be unclean for 40 days in total. If it was for a girl child, she would be unclean initially for 14 days, ceremony unclean, and then for an additional 66 days, she would be considered unclean. But we recognize that at the end of the purification time, she presented herself and dedicated herself to God as coming back as being now clean and ready to worship. The purification period of Mary 
and the dedication of Jesus, if you recognize, coincided. Because she was coming, she was, when the time came for the purification, rise required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So not only was she presenting him to the Lord, as we recognize by what she offered, she offered a pair of doves and, or two pigeons. It meant that one dove was for his purification and one was for her purification. So they're coming and they're saying, because she could not have afforded lamb. The scripture Exodus required that you do a lamb spotless, but if you cannot, you do doves and pigeons. So we recognize just by this that Mary and Moses were poor. They could not have afforded lamb, and she's coming with two, two doves, saying, here, one for my son and one for me, purification. But let us, so let us look now as we recognize that as Simeon and as we go further, verse 25, we said, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devoted. He was waiting for the constellation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was with him. So we recognize that the moment that Mary came with Jesus to the temple, they, it coincided, as I said before, with their purification and dedication, but it also coincided with the time for, for Simeon and Anna just to meet him and to meet them. And in seeing them, Anna, uh, uh, Simeon announced, he identified the Christ child. He announced and he said, this is the Messiah. In seeing the, Jesus, Anna announced that here is the one who comes to redeem his, Jerusalem. So let us look at Simeon and Anna and the Jews in terms of what were they expecting from this Messiah. So we see in, in verse 25 that Simeon was righteous and devout. So let us look at him as a person. So Simeon was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. The consolation of Israel is the redemption or the rescuing and saving of Israel. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He was moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the Christ child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying. So we first we go back, we look back at the man Simeon. And let us look at how he was described. He was described as being righteous. He was described as being devout. He, it, it, it speaks of his personal work, his character, and his integrity. He was a man of faith and hope who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. An expression that summarizes God's promise that was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit concerning the restoration of Israel through the coming Messiah. He was waiting, not because he wanted to wait, but he was told by the Holy Spirit that that he would not die before seeing the Christ child, the anointed one, the Messiah. When Simeon saw the child Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God confirmed with him. He took him in his arms and he blessed him, saying, He confirmed with him that this is the Messiah, the Consoler, the Savior, the Comforter, Simeon took this child in his arms as we see in verse 28. 
and he prayed God and prophesied. And in verse 29 to 32, he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. So, so Simeon was saying, Now that I've seen the Messiah, the one who I am waiting for, the one who will be the comforter of Israel, the one who will be the consoler, the one who will be the savior of Israel, I can now die, I can now go in peace. Because, so I can be dismissed in peace, I can now die. Simeon was now free to die in peace because for his eyes are seeing God's salvation. And the salvation that he spoke about, he said, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. So Simeon was saying that the, the Messiah was coming with salvation for all nations. He was coming for all nations. He said he will be a, the Messiah will be a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So here it is. How can a Messiah be coming to Israel? And a man, an Israelite, recognized that the Messiah was not coming only for Israel. He was coming for all nations. And he was coming to be a revelation, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles. He was not only coming for the glory of Israel, but he was coming for all of those. So you saw that this Messiah was definitely fulfilling all that the Old Testament spoke about him. Simeon prophesied to Mary and Joseph and he said to him, to them in verse 34, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and not to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul. So this child is destined for the cause and the falling of rising of many in Israel. But what would cause the falling and rising of many in Israel? The Messiah that they were expecting was not coming. It was not the, the Messiah they were expecting. Because Simeon is saying this Messiah is going to be a light to the Gentiles. He was going to be a salvation to the entire nation, the all, all nations. And he was going to be a glory to Israel. So automatically that would have been discouraging for many. Simeon was now free because he saw that the, the one who brought light for those who walk in darkness was here. The one who brought salvation to everyone was here. And so Simeon expected a Messiah who, who, who would bring hope, salvation and comfort to the world and not to Israel alone. Then in verse 36, we looked we are now looking at, there was also a prophet named Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84 years old. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So we looked at Simeon who saw the Christ child Messiah. And now we are looking at Anna who is also, we recognize that saw the Messiah in a childlike form. So let us look at the qualities of, of Anna. Anna was a godly prophetess. First thing they said, she was a prophet. 
Then we recognize that she was also an Israelite because she was from a tribe of Asher. We recognize also that Anna was old. She was a widow because she lived with her husband and after seven years of being married, he died. We recognize that she never remarried because he said then as a widow, she was 84. So we recognize that it was a single woman who after seven years being married, her husband died. She never remarried and she was now 84 years old. She left, she never left the temple. And if we, we stop to understand, it could mean one of two things. If it said she never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying, it could mean one of two things. It could have meant that she lived in the temple. Because as a widow, if you never had a husband and family to take care of you, or children to take care of you, you were destitute, she would have nothing and nowhere to live. Or it could also mean that she constantly went, she constantly went to the temple for the, every time that there was public worship, night and day, fasting and praying. So we could look at, look, look at it in terms of any one of those things. But whatever it meant, Anna was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And I'm thinking about it. Seven years after being married, her husband died. And I'm thinking from a Jewish perspective, that woman would have been married by the latest 21. Seven years later, she'd have been maximum 28. And she lived all the rest of her life. We're not sure if the 84 meant she was 84 years old or she lived 84 more years after the 70 years. So it could have meant any one of those because it's not clear. She was very old, it says. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. It could have, depending on the translation, this part would not, until she was, was not there. She could have been 84 or 84 plus 7, which is 84 plus 7 is what? 84, 90, 93, 90, 91. She could have been a 91-year-old woman. And so we recognize that Anna chose, because if she was from the tribe of Asher, a tribe that was dying out, it would have meant that men would have wanted wives to con women to continue the lineage because the tribe of Asher died out eventually. So if Anna was there and single, it could have been a choice she made because she dedicated her life to the Lord and said, you know what, I'm only going to worship day and night by fasting and praying. When Anna saw the Christ child, our expectation was fulfilled. The scripture, verse 38 says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were working, looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. So we see Anna, when she saw the child, she gave thanks. And she proclaimed to all the Israelites around, the redemption of Israel is here. When Simeon saw the child, he gave thanks and he worshipped and he prophesied. He said, the consolation of Israel is here. The Messiah is here. The consolation of Israel meant the Messiah is here. And both persons, for, for Simeon to say, my eye, now that my eyes have seen the Messiah, I can die in peace. If this is not a 20-year-old man. It would have been an old man saying, now that I've seen what you have promised, 
I'm ready to die. I can die in peace. So we see two elderly persons saying, I have lived in hope. I have lived in expectation of seeing what God has promised. The Messiah who would come and save and deliver Jerusalem. The one who would come and, and console and comfort Israel and the world is here. But we also look, recognize that Anna's expectation of the Messiah was met. She was looking for a Messiah that would spiritually redeem and save Israel. But we also recognize that not only did Simeon and Anna saw Jesus, but we recognize the Jews that Anna testified and those around saw him. And if we go back to Matthew, Matthew spoke about the Magi who saw him. We know that the shepherds saw him. We know that Carol heard that he was born. And others knew that the Messiah was born. The king of the Jews was born. Throughout their history, the Jews had suffered immensely for their sins and was oppressed by many nations. They were desperately in need of the permanent comfort, rescue, and redemption that can only come from the Messiah. In Amos 9, 11 to 15, God promised to raise up one of David's ascendants to sit on the throne. One who will repair, raise up, rebuild and restore the fortunes of his people, Israel. And he promised that they shall never again be uprooted out of the land he was given them. So we recognize that the Jews had an expectation, Simeon had an expectation, Anna had an expectation. The Jews expected that the Messiah would become a strong and come from a strong and noble family. He was to be a glorious earthly king coming from the line of, of David. He was supposed to be a rich ruler. His birth would be a public announcement because Herod said, who is this, this child, the king of the Jews? He would be a revolutionary messiah that would lead a rebellion through violence and military might and would deliver the Jews physically from their Roman oppressors. Because at that time, Rome, Rome, Rome was oppressing the, the Israelites to charge them taxes, oppressing them in every way. And they were looking for this Messiah to come to deliver them. They were looking for a Messiah who would overthrow the Roman Empire and reclaim Israel's throne and independent kingdom. He would deliver them from physical ailments. He would bring judgment on, the, on their enemies. He would kill everyone who was unrighteous in their own eyes. But instead, what happened? The Messiah that came, came from a humble family. He was born to a father, earthly father who was a carpenter. He, came in the, he, he, came, he was born in a place of disrepute. Because they said, can anything good come from Galilee? He grew up before God and not men. And although he was from the line of David, he was a shepherd servant. A king who brought peace to those who believed in him. He was nothing to look at according to Isaiah. Nothing about him was charming. Nothing about him was attractive. Nothing for the naked eye to look upon. So he never came with the pomp. He never came with the beauty. He never came with the luxury and the riches that Israel was looking for, for a, from a king. He came to reign over the earth rather than to become a warrior for Israel. He was born in a lowly manger. He wasn't born in a king's palace. He wasn't born around gold and silver, even though gold and silver came to him after. He was a man of sorrows who was familiar with suffering. 
He was willing to, to suffer and to die so that men can be forgiven of their sins. He paid the price of sin and he gave and he brought and he gives a new heart and love and obedience to those who trust him. So although Simeon and Anna were old, they never lost hope in who this Messiah would be. They waited for the Messiah and their longings were fulfilled. They announced in, in, in their exclamation and their thanksgiving that the Messiah is here. And although they did not know how it was going to happen, they did not know for sure how God would have done it. They recognized that by the, the child Messiah coming, God was breaking into history and was now through the Messiah bringing eternal salvation for all. They recognized that this, this, this God was coming to redeem. This Messiah was coming to redeem people. He was coming to rescue a world that was dying and needed to be delivered and comforted and saved. Simeon and Anna's expectations were met. But many Jews today, to this day, are still awaiting the Messiah. A Messiah to deliver them physically. Because the Messiah Jesus did not come in the fashion that they expected. But for now you and I, we recognize that by Anna's testimony, Simeon's testimony, that the Messiah is here. So what do you expect from him? Simeon expected that he would become the consoler of Israel. Anna expected that he would become the deliverer, the redemption of Jerusalem. The Jews expected him to become the, 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 the one who overturned the Roman Empire. What do you expect of the Messiah today? Are you expecting a political Messiah? One who would overthrow the enemies of in your life and slay them? Or are you expecting the matchmaker Messiah? One who understands your deep longings and needs and knows that you are lonely. And he comes to, to as a middleman whose, whose sole interest is to find you a partner that is suitable for you and to match you so that you can live happily ever after? Or do you come expecting the wealth messiah? The one who gives you everything you need, the car, the house, the allow you to pay the bills, the one who has no limited resources and he gives you full access to money. Or what about the knowledgeable one? The one when you are in need of information or when you do not know where to turn or you need wisdom, you turn to him and you read the word just in case his word may, may have the solution. In John 4, 25 to 26, the Samaritan woman, woman said, I know that Messiah is coming because when he comes, he will explain everything. Are you like that woman who is expecting the Messiah only to explain everything? What about the security Messiah? Are you waiting for that security Messiah? The one who can protect you and your children and your spouse and your friends and your families and he protects your family. And especially when you're going out and you're asking for journey mercies. Is that the Messiah you're expecting this morning? What about the one, the health Messiah? He's solely responsible for your health. He ensures that your body is devoid of any form of sickness. Is that the Messiah you're awaiting this morning? Jesus the Messiah is more than all of that. He can be everything and he can be more. But he does not only come to meet a particular need. He comes to fulfill every need. He comes to give you life 
And the abundance of life that he gives you covers everything. He comes and he says to you, for everything you need today for life and for godliness. When you are mine, when you have, when I have marked you, when I have, when you allow me to, to, when you have surrendered your life to me, everything is yours. Though it may not be accepted by many, because he has not met their expectations, and even some of us today, we are disappointed if we are honest, because he has not really met our expectations. Our own mindset was, because we are his, these are the things we expect of him. The things we hoped for did not work out the way we thought it would. We did not expect today to be broke. We did not expect today to not be in that great job that we thought we would have had as a child. We did not expect today to be financially unstable. We did not expect today to be single. We did not expect today to be without a child. We did not expect today to have sickness in our bodies and did not and do not own our own homes. Many of us today want a happy life. And so we look to the potent, the different messiahs, the health messiah, because we are sick. Or we look to the financial messiah because we are broke. Or we look to the knowledgeable one because we need some wisdom today. But God is saying to you and I today, I have something for you. In 1 Kings 3 verse 11, the Lord said to Solomon, the, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have not asked, because backing up, Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom to lead his people. He said, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this people of yours? The Lord was pleased, verse 10, that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor there will ever be. God is saying to us today, though the Messiah that you are looking for, you are disappointed. He's saying, trust me. Put, turn your hope back in me. There is something that I want to give you. There is something that God wants to give us today that exceeds our expectation of him. So can we just stop complaining and stop looking to the different facets of the Messiah and just accept everything that he has? God is preparing you. Everything you are going through today is preparing you for what he has for you. And in, in verse 14, God says to him, And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you long life. So, so, so for those who need only the earth Messiah, he's saying, when you take everything, I give you long life. When you take all of me, I am become your matchmaker. When I, you take all of me, I become your political. I don't want only satisfied facet of your life. I am your security. I am your knowledge. I am your wisdom. I am your protection. I am your safety. 
God has something in store for all of us this morning. And whatever you're going through is preparing you for it. He's preparing you to receive it. If you are unsaved today, and you, and you have not recognized that the Messiah is here, you have not accepted him, you have not been marked as Jesus was marked as we saw earlier. The Messiah is here. Simeon and, and Anna pronounced it. The Messiah is here. And I urge you today that today is a day that you can come to meet him. The one who said to, to Solomon, I can give you everything. I can give you life. I can forgive you of your sins. Can you heed the testimony of Simeon and Anna today and trust in the Lord? The one who came to save. The one who said, if you call upon me. The one who said, if you trust me. The one who said, I bore the punishment of your sins so that you can be forgiven of everything you did. I rose again so that you can be triumphant over everything that seemed impossible in your life. I did it. And that's what the Messiah came to do. He came to give you freedom. For those who once knew the Messiah and because of disappointment walked away, you wanted the different facets of the Messiah. You wanted the Messiah who was able to understand your different needs. You wanted the Messiah who you wanted to slay your enemy, those who wronged you. And you never slayed them the way you wanted to slay, for him to slay them and you're disappointed. For those who felt like, okay, I've kept myself. I remember a friend who told me many years ago that I have kept myself. And it's unfair, I've kept myself. And it was seven years at the time she, that she was keeping herself. And she never saw her husband. So are you like that friend who disappointed this morning because you have kept yourself and God didn't show up with a husband? He hasn't up till now. Are you that other person disappointed? You walked away because you had so much bills. Or you were sick in your body and God, you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, you prayed until the cows came home and you were not healed. Or what about the, the, the loved one that you had that you prayed that God would bring, cause them to be healed and that they would live and yet they died. And you are disappointed, you are disappointed because your expectation of a Messiah was one who met your needs. And so you walked away. And today I'm saying to you, come back. Come back to the only one who can care for you. Come back to the only one who has sacrificed his life for you. Come back to the only one who knows how to love you unconditionally. There are no strings attached to his love. It's a free love that he offers you. He bore your penalty. He bore your sin on the cross. He took every punishment. And he's saying to you, come back, my child. Come back. What about those who every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, serving the Lord wholeheartedly? Are you awaiting the return of the Messiah? Are you awaiting the return? Are you living each day waiting for the risen Lord, the risen King to return and establish his eternal kingdom? Or are you preoccupied 
preoccupied and unmotivated. He's calling you to come because as you wait like Simeon, and as you wait like Anna, the date will not be given. The date will never be given to any one of us. But he asks us to watch and wait in anticipation. And as you wait in anticipation, it's a level of excitement that comes. Because you're waiting for something that you know is going to happen. Are you sharing the good news with those around you? Because you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when he comes, he's not coming back as a baby in the manger. He's coming back as a reigning king who is coming to destroy the enemies of God. Not your enemies, but the enemies of God. He's coming back to fight because he's coming to take those who are his. Are you waiting in anticipation for that God? Are you waiting and, 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 and devoting yourself to, 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 to what he has called you to do? And so whatever category you fall in this morning, if you did not know before that the Messiah is here, I am here to announce to you, the Messiah has already come. And his arms are outstretched to you, bidding you to come and to know him and to trust him. And if you knew him and you walked away because you were disappointed, I am saying to you this morning, come back. God has and is preparing something for you. He's preparing you for what he has in store for you. There's something that he's about to do that will exceed your expectation. Come back. And if you're a believer who is constantly in relationship with Christ, I'm saying to you today, are you watching and waiting for the risen Messiah? Are you waiting for the returning king with that anticipation, that excitement, that when he comes, like Simeon, like, like, like Anna, you can burst out in prophecy and thanksgiving and praise? And so today I would love for you to stand this morning and just to dedicate ourselves to the Lord again. Tell the Lord whatever category you found yourself in. Are you the one who did not know today is the day come? Are you the one who walked away? I'm saying to you, today is the day. Now is the hour. Come back. Are you the believer? Who have become preoccupied because there are things around you that are taking so much of your time. And you forget that what he has called you to do more than anything else is to be sharing the good news with those who don't know that he came and is coming back. And so today, wherever you are, I want you to just be standing and just lifting your hands in praise to the Lord and saying to him, Lord, here I am, God. Here I am. I am the unsaved one who is saying to you, here I am. I come by. I'm coming to you, God. I do not know what to do, but I come. I come saying, Lord, I need you. I do not understand the very concept of everything, but God, I am saying, I cannot continue to live without you. Here I am. Forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of Everything that I have done that is considered sinful, wash me and make me free, free to live for you, free, Father God, of all the things that have kept me bound, free to live. And I can guarantee you that the moment that you trust Christ and you say to him, Lord, here I am, come into my heart, I can 
guarantee you that there is a moment of thanksgiving in heaven where the angels celebrate because another child of the king of kings has come home. And if you, are, if, if you have walked away because of unmet expectations, I am asking you today to come. Father, I have walked away because I've been disappointed. I have walked away because things didn't happen the way I thought they would have happened. I have walked away because different things happened in our lives. I have been enticed. I have been dragged away by desires that I had that were not met by you. And he's saying, and I'm saying to you, Father, I come back to receive me unto yourself. And for the believers who are in listening this morning, it's a morning where you recommit your devotion to the Lord. It's a moment where you recommit and say, Father, I have become preoccupied with my life. I have been distracted by the things in my life. Here I am. Use me as an instrument, Lord God, where your news, where the good news is shared with others. Where my neighbors, my co-workers, those on the street that I meet will hear about you because of what you have done in me. The excitement in me will cause others to want to know you. And so, Father, we thank you this morning that where we are weak, where we are timid, where we lack the courage, today you come and you give us boldness. Today you come and you give us the words upon our lips to share with those who need to hear. Today you come and you say to us, I am here to empower you. Mother so Father, we thank you today. Now wherever we are, you have an answer. You have something waiting for us. And we receive you this morning. We receive you this morning, Father, because you are our everything. We receive you this morning, Father, because you are our life giver. We receive you this morning because you are our freedom. You are our boldness. You are our courage. You are our Messiah. And we await your return this morning, God. Not as a baby, but as a king. In Jesus' name, amen.
Father, for today, we thank you for the blessings of the word. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done with us, for us, through us, in us. So, Lord, we come and we, we say, as we go today, may you have a blessed week. May you be blessed and may you walk and see 
and accept everything in the Messiah, not just what you want or the things that you are looking for in the Messiah, but the entire being of the Messiah. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and give you peace.